You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to another episode of the film feast podcast i am your host matt bledsoe and this week we are talking about m night Shyamalan's the village from 2004 to help me talk about it i'm joined by a first-time guest he's a writer and a friend of mine and someone i've wanted to talk to for a very long time now it's hayden gilbert hayden how are you oh man i'm doing good uh how are you (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. This is good because we're recording uh, at like noon on a Saturday. So it's, again, one of the freshest times I've ever been on a podcast. Oh, we're just babes in the wood here. Oh, <laughs> I feel alert. I feel alive. I'm ready to talk about the village. Um, but <laughs> but I'm excited to talk to you because I've known you for a long ominous, time. Sorry, I, I do hear some oh. ominous uh, moans coming from the woods. <laughs> I have to go check it out. Don't do it. I think it's a bad idea. Well, I, I think before I go there, I'm going to hit up the shed that should not be used, and then, um, and then no, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> Don't do that either. Okay. Uh, yeah. All bad ideas. Uh, things, <laughs> what M. Night Shyamalan's told me. Um, but <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you here, because we've been following each other for a long time through, uh, mostly Letterboxd, I think. I've been following your views on Letterboxd, and I love reading your stuff, because I feel like you always have uh, interesting takes on things, uh, whether I agree or disagree with you, but I feel like most of the time I enjoy your your passion about certain movies. Where what's you're... the one you most disagree with uh, off the top of your head? Ooh, ooh, don't think about it too hard. But like, what's... I have to go look. Um, can you think of something you disagree with me on that I love? Or hate? Um, I don't know. I think the most well, I think the most recent one that just comes to mind was because it came out a few years. I, I'm not counting 2020 because I only saw like five movies last year. Uh, I, I only fall, saw like five new movies, so it still feels like 2019 was the most recent like full year of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I remember really really disliking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it was a point of contention with me and my friends. I can't remember if you really liked it. Oh, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I revisited <laughs> it and realized that I I was. I don't know, man, I was uh, I was a projectionist at the time, mm-hmm. and so we were testing the film print, and I wound up getting out at like 4 a.m., and I was just in the worst mood. <laughs> and I, you know, it was one of those things where the first time I saw it wasn't the perfect circumstances, was pretty annoyed, and then got just more annoyed by everybody loving it and me being frustrated about not being able to love it the way everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks ago, I rewatched it with my dad. I was like, this is going to be the only way I'm going to turn around on this thing. And my dad was like having nostalgic flashbacks, was calling out every song, was like, you know, just having a glorious time looking at all the cars and like 
spotting all the references. And my dad's not a very like, uh, you know, I love my dad. He's not the most cultured person, but like, I mean, he just has a sense memory like nobody else's. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I mean, it was the perfect rewatch. I wound up coming around and, and I do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood now. So. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I, it, that was a weird movie because I liked it the first time I saw it. And it's happened to a lot of people I saw that they were like, that was good. But then it's, it, I feel like it got better the more you watch it. I don't, it's like a real, a real hangout on, movie. Yeah, you have to get on its level, wavelength. And yeah. it, it, for the longest time, I was like, this is half of a, of a movie I want to watch because I like all the Cliff Booth stuff. I just, I couldn't get over the Rick Dalton stuff because I was like, I feel like I've seen this a million times and everybody's treating it like something. New, but now now I now I get it. I think I just have a better appreciation after a full year of of hanging out. I mean, I, I've still been going to I've still been going into work every day, but you know I don't get to see. I don't know. Life is different now. Definitely been doing a lot of hanging out uh, by myself, so I think I'm more open to hangout movies now than I was. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I I don't usually see anything that you write that makes me. Like very angry at you. So uh, this there is interesting, be a though. A few little troll reviews I've thrown out in the, <laughs> uh, in, in the past. It's probably nothing I care that much about. Where I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Like I it, mm-hmm. plus if I if I know someone's a good writer and I like them, I give them a lot of leeway. Like if we don't agree, you know right. what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's an interesting exercise because I couldn't think of anything. So I went to your letterbox page and I did this thing I do with people sometimes. I go to like all their films rated and I flip it to lowest rated first. Oh, that's good. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I can't even get mad at you for any of these. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I like some of these, but um some of, you gave Jason X a half star and I kind of <laughs> like Jason X. <laughs> Man, I don't That's another one that I'm like, I wish I I cuz I enjoy a good like a good time with a with a, you know, a schlocky movie. But I hesitate to say bad cuz I don't really like to try and pretend my opinion is objective or anything but we, we all know what we're talking about here like i i enjoy a good time with some schlock but something about jason x i i i just don't jive with it it's like i don't even know <laughs> and i think it's the fact that it looks like a full motion video game or what do they call it yeah. video games. I, I, oh like it looks like a sega saturn game from like 1986 or something yeah. yes <laughs> or sega cd i guess they had the one they were the ones that had like yeah full motion video and like night trap and uh it does look pretty bad i'm gonna be honest with you, it does look a pretty bad movie but i just am i can't even get mad at it because when i was younger i took it at face value and i thought it was mm-hmm. the worst thing i've ever seen but then i was like they are they're not taking this seriously i can't no get mad. <laughs> definitely not yeah i oh. wish i could i wish i could get over myself a little bit for several movies that might be one of them i you know, it was it was funny because a few years ago, I had seen quite a few horror movies growing up, but I had never seen a lot of sequels. So a few years ago, I just went through with my buddy Houston. We went through all of the franchises, and we started with Halloween because my buddy Houston's a big Halloween guy. And man, I was blown away. I love all of the Halloween movies, and. Something about the other ones. I like a few of them in the other franchises, but they couldn't live up to how, I don't know, the highs and lows of the Halloween franchise were just so overwhelming (laughs) at first. 
<laughs> and yeah. like I, I for some reason I did not have the same patience for the other franchises afterwards. So I may have done them a disservice watching them all back to back like in oh, a you know, uh-huh. in a matter of a few <laughs> months, you know. So my my first impressions of a lot of these movies are tainted a little bit. Interesting. Okay, no, that makes sense. And okay, one I'm going to mention here that you gave a half star to and is completely fair, and I think I'm the only person that likes this movie, (laughs) is The Dark Tower. (laughs) But two things about Dark Tower. I've never read the books. Uh, I I did read the first book after I saw the movie because I like the movie so much. And I am a huge, huge fan of Last Action Hero and Dark Tower is basically last action hero, I feel like. I that's mean, what, yes, that's what I hear. That's what I hear from a lot of people. I actually hadn't seen Last Action Hero until after I'd seen the Dark Tower. And so I I get I get where you're coming from. And if I saw the Dark Tower because I've done a lot of growing in a few years, <laughs> like I would definitely not give the Dark Tower half a star today. But I was, yeah, because this, what, what was that, 2017? Yeah, yeah. It sounds so stupid to be like, I'm a different person now, because (laughs) in many ways, in many, many ways, I'm not, but I am a much more lenient movie watcher now, and, and, you know, it's a shame that that's my most pop, I think that's still my most popular review on Motherbox. (laughs) I'm not trying to toot my own horn, it's only, like, 30 likes or something like that, but, like, but it, there is... I I was so I don't know. I I I would I didn't even really have high hopes for that movie. I didn't think it was going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But I am a very big Stephen King fan and you know we were coming off the a lot of highs recently. I think It Chapter 1 was the I, same year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I think it came out after actually. I don't know. Uh I don't know. It, I was. I just remember like being a Stephen King fan. It was kind of finally like, you know, it was here. It was like, right. okay, we're you know we're finally getting like solid, you know, uh, some a string of solid movies one after the other. And I guess even though I didn't have realistic high hopes for the movie, I went in wanting it to be something that it just wasn't. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I think the thing that bothered me the most was it felt like a YA adaptation when the books, and I'm not going to pretend like I've read all the books. I, as a kid, (laughs) I went to the library and pulled all the King books off the shelves and just spoiled them all for myself by flipping through them and like reading uh the parts. (laughs) And so like, I have got, I've since gone back and read quite a few Stephen King books, but, uh, I have never read I've only read the first few Dark Tower books in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just, I love that the series is so weird and like truly, truly strange. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The movie felt a little, uh, I don't know. It just, it wasn't the aesthetic that I was wanting. It didn't, it felt very YA sci fi rather than weird horror western with some like, 70s sci-fi thrown it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the first book. So after I read the first book, I was like, okay, I get what people are angry about now. Like, right. with no with no context, I think I thought the movie worked fine for me. I had a good time with it. I was, like, really into it for some reason. I, mm-hmm. um, But I, I get, especially hardcore Stephen King fans and Dark Tower fans, why they 
wouldn't like it because so it's very different in tone mm-hmm. and in just I think what happens for the most part. So well, um, yeah, it's it's weird, but um, yeah, most of the time I'm, I agree with you. I, we won't we won't keep doing this half star thing, but, but I yeah, no. Go, mm-hmm. I do want to go to one of yours real quick. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right, and, and it's. I mean, it's not going to be a big deal because I recognize the movie isn't like a well-respected or anything like that. Because I want to call myself out a little bit. Okay. Because for some reason, I we we litigated that I hate, or I I strongly <laughs> do not like uh, uh, Jason X. And yet, you have one that's one and a half stars. So you don't you don't dislike it quite as much as I dislike uh-huh. Jason X. But it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to own up to something a little bit. I love how schlocky that movie I love that the raptor reads a sign that says warning explosives or whatever and jumps out of the way before it explodes. <laughs> I forgot that happened. <laughs> I was so stupid. <laughs> I was having like a fit in the theater like i was losing my mind by the time that i don't i'm gonna spoil fallen kingdom a little bit the part with that girl who's a clone who's like they're just like me and like we should have shot that girl like they should like and uh, it's so perfect because the montage afterward just shows everyone being terrorized by these dinosaurs all these families getting massacred by this mosasaurus in the in the california beach or whatever and she's just like, but they're like me. I'm a monster. I'm and you're like, like what? oh, you're the a bad monster guy now for sure. Back of the star right now. I, I was. Think, oh. I, I think <laughs> I had had the existential Jurassic Park fan crisis with the first Jurassic World. It's, I think I had fun with the first one, but I, now I don't think I'd like either one. I don't know. I and then it's funny because I say I'm done with the franchise after Fallen Kingdom, and then they go, oh, we're bringing back the three big people from the original. And it's like, well, damn it. Now I'm back. In, you know? <laughs> I, cause I mean, you can't help. I mean, I know we're, I know it's weird to be excited for like the people in a dinosaur <laughs> movie, but these, I mean, I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I do. I, but, uh, Chris Pratt is such a lifeless lead in those movies. And I don't even dislike Chris Pratt. I'm just, he, he's, he's giving nothing there. I'm just so excited to see Sam Neill again, you know? Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. I'm like, all three of I, them, just, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so ready, and like, and, and like I said, I feel like, because the first Jurassic World was definitely less of a um, mess than, than Fallen Kingdom was, <laughs> but there was something so depressing when I, and, and it had, it wasn't so much about the movie itself, it's like, when I saw it, I went to, I took my dad and my older sister, and I specifically remember one of my earliest movie watching memories was we were sitting on the couch and we got the VHS for uh, Jurassic Park. And, you know, me, I, I was a little kid at the time, and my sister was only four years older than me. I mean, still is. But uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't change, you know, your whole life. But, but so uh, we were sitting on the couch, we watched Jurassic Park, and it just, dude, we lit up. We were jumping around. We were screaming. We were laughing, crying. And then immediately we started like playing dinosaurs afterward. And so I was like, this will be special. Jurassic Park is back, baby. And so I took <laughs> my dad and my sister, the same two people, my, my Jurassic Park companions. And like the movie ended... We weren't making a sound the whole time. My dad immediately gets up and leaves as the credits are rolling. <laughs> and my sister just says, Chris Pratt is hot and gets on her phone. 
And then <laughs> the ride back from the theater was completely silent, had nothing to say. And I, it just, I was like, oh man, I don't, the movies have changed and we have definitely changed as well, movie pictures. And I don't know. Was, that's true. Hopefully, so, a good one's good. The so Fallen <laughs> Kingdom was just like, I was like, look, I know what I'm getting into. I'm ready for this stupid, the stupid schlocky dinosaur movie. <laughs> just give it to me. Oh well, yeah, I, yeah. I may have went a different mindset. I don't know what I was expecting, but everything in that movie just like mm. irked me, and I was like genuinely. I think me and my friends, I really was about to have like a breakdown by the end of the movie. It's like, yeah, oh I, my god, I, what I is this? I don't blame you. I don't blame you because, like, I, I've been in situations like that with other movies. None of them are coming to mind, but, like, <laughs> I get it where you loved something and you just see it crumbling in front of your face. It's like if they made a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom but with Universal Monsters, I would be the same way. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so uh, anything – I was going to ask you about this. Has there any, any movies lately that you'd want to talk about that you've seen that you've liked or that were interesting or maybe you just thought were terrible? I don't know. I had a, a few things I want to talk about, but I want to hear if you had anything you wanted to bring up. Let me peruse my diary. You know, the okay. hard thing is, is like I, – I don't know about you. I go in phases where I feel like I have a lot to say about everything that I watch and then I kind of dip out and it's like I, I don't know how much I – I think I've, uh, you know, sort of like passive phases where a movie's just on and you're not really, you're using it as more of a distraction. So oh, like yeah. been yeah. a lot of those recently. <laughs> um, let me see. I, uh, huh. well, through, since Halloween, I've been trying to catch up on a lot of uh, filling in a blind spot. I, I just mentioned the Universal Monsters. I grew up watching a lot of those on VHS and... You know, I, I love the monsters. Big part of why I'm such a horror fan to this day. Mm-hmm. And so, but I had literally never seen the Hammer horror movies. And, oh, okay. And so I, uh, starting last Halloween, I started watching as many of them as I could. And it, it's like I'm a little sad for my child self that I didn't have these growing up. But it's also amazing that it's like I'm. You know, uh, I'm not about to say like, oh, I found these movies that no one <laughs> but it is a discovery for myself. All these years later, it's like, wow, holy shit, these movies are, these, these movies are. I mean, it's like it's just a natural extension of what I loved as a kid, and they're a little slower, you know, but they're perfect for late night, about to go to bed movies. And so, mm. just been digging into those. Um, trying to think of anything recently in particular um i'm gonna hit you with a few new movies because i feel like i didn't okay. watch any new movies last year <laughs> that's kind of how i felt too yeah <laughs> yeah i saw i saw like maybe seven and i only really loved three of them i think and so let me see i which is actually not bad if you only saw seven movies uh, but let me see so this year where did I see? I saw, I saw Godzilla vs. Kong. I don't have a lot to say about that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I saw. <laughs> I saw. What? I wasn't a huge. I wasn't a huge fan. What, how did you feel about Godzilla vs. Kong? I really liked it. We did that whole uh, episode with uh, my friend Ken. Oh, it's okay and our friend chris who chris is a huge godzilla fan like uh Mm. the guy knows more than i'll ever know about godzilla and uh we all liked it we had fun i mean that movie talk about like going in and kind of getting exactly what you wanted out of it 
I pretty much got exactly what I want. Like just giant monster fights. Because like I, I was a little <laughs> disappointed that Godzilla was kinda absent and King Kong was just napping the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> When you put it that way, I'm like, well, that's true. But I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was paced well. They had like three big fights kind of throughout. It was like spaced out well, and like, right. um, I don't know. I had I had fun with it. It was like this is exactly what I wanted. I'm good. Yeah, you know, I just I, I had a good time love, with it. I kind of love the under the under the earth stuff. Like I oh the hollow earth. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That was movie with them fighting there. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to go that way. Honestly, I thought that's where they're going to kind of end up. But then they left. Right. I was like, oh, okay, well, never mind. Right. I saw. Uh, did you uh, did you were you curious at all about that movie The Unholy the Ghost House Pictures movie? Uh, uh, I kind of, but then I I didn't really hear anything, and if I did hear anything, it was bad. I'm pretty sure. Well, let me try my best to sell you on it. Okay. <laughs> I saw The Unholy, and oh boy, it is. See, I think what you just said about Kong versus Godzilla, you got everything you wanted out of it. I think I, that's how I felt about The Unholy. <laughs> it, it was the first movie I saw after I got, because, like, like uh, I'm not going to lie, I went to see Tenet in theaters last year, but, I mean, no one was there. Oh, yeah, that's on, good. Yeah. On, honestly, the best, the it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Southeast Texas, not a very populated place. Nobody really goes to movies when there's not a pandemic going on. So, <laughs> like, honestly, great movie-going experience because no one was there. And the concessions were insanely cheap, but uh, <laughs> not to rub that in anybody's face. But I, you know, after I got vaccinated, I went to see the unholy, and it is. Um, so let me try and <laughs> let me try and parse this out. I should have thought of this before I started speaking. Uh, with Bloomhouse, you know, they're more consistent, but. Because of that consistency, you know kind of exactly what you're getting when you're going into it, you know? Mm-hmm. With the Sam Raimi Ghost House movies, there is just something so intriguing about them to me. Like, um, oh gosh, what I should I should have pulled them up. Uh, I can't, because they seem all over the place. I'm like, what are the other Ghost they House They are movies? all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Ghost House pictures. I should have, uh, I should have been prepared. Okay, so they've done all the American Grudge remakes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, they have done. Um, they have done Boogeyman. I don't know if you remember Boogeyman. Vaguely, it's such a generic <laughs> title. I'm like, haven't there been like five of those since 2000? Or so? It's like it's uh, that. Okay, uh, they've done The Messengers. With oh yeah, with Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and the Messengers to the Scarecrow, which is a great movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, they've done Thirty Days of Night. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Uh huh. <laughs> and of course, of course, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, oh right, yeah. <laughs> but but this like, so the unholy feels a lot like, um, remember that movie with also with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, The Possession. Was the yes, spot. which I have on a three pack with like Constantine and right. Cabin in the Woods, and that's the one I have not seen yet. Oh man, that's a great three pack. I, <laughs> I, I, okay. So, uh, at full admittance, I have not seen the possession, but but as a movie, <laughs> that's that's a trailer I'll pull up on YouTube every now and then because I really want to see the possession. 
Um, mm. There's something about it that I'm sure is not great, but I don't know. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I would rather a weird, not great movie that I have a lot to think about because I haven't heard so many people talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. When, when, the, when a movie's so great, the general consensus is kind of in my head, and so it's uh, not that it takes all the surprise or fun away from it, but it's almost like I know what I'm going to be getting from it going into it because I hear people, you know, what people say. Right. But, like, the possession, I don't remember what anyone said about that when it came out. <laughs> The Unholy was brand new, so I saw that, and again, it is is not a great movie, Mm -hmm. but I cannot deny that I had a blast watching it, and it was, I I don't know, it uh, it, it was really kind of an unexpectedly uh, good time at the theaters uh, that, that I didn't know I had been waiting for. There's some weird, really weird imagery in it. A lot of the special effects are not great, but they okay. <laughs> they look okay. I'm also gonna have to kick myself in the ass for this. They look like full motion video, like full motion <laughs> video game. They're they're like full sequences that you're like, what? In 2021, this is yes, still happening. <laughs> it is so. There's there's a dream sequence that Je- Jeffrey Dean Morgan has, and it's the shot of a church with a i think it's a church or a burned down building with a stream in front of it but the sky is clearly from uh you know the the sky is like superimposed behind it it's a different sky than whatever sky they shot in front of and it's pink and then fast forward when everything else is not and there's a a a nun monster like slime like worming around on the ground the camera is not moving by the way and it is such a bizarre image that is not frightening but because (laughs) i hadn't seen anything like it since the 90s in like a video game i was like i am i can't help but be a little bit disturbed by this this is so strange and the climax is oh man it I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, right. but I turned to my buddy who I went with and I was like, you know, the South Park version of this movie would be <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan having to convince everybody that God doesn't exist. <laughs> just to like, And then, you know, not to give anything away, but that's basically what happens. And then like, and then the, the climax is just so... I don't know, man. It it delivered in ways that I was not expecting. It, it's a you may yeah. not like it at all, but I would highly <laughs> recommend the unholy. I mean, you at least made me interested in it now because I had heard nothing, and now I'm kind of like, okay, it's on my radar again. Like I might wait till it comes out on um VOD or something to you know, rent it. But uh, I, yeah, I, it, I I won't I won't recommend anybody rush out to the theaters <laughs> right now, uh, especially for for the unholy. I guess what's the last. Um, I saw Mortal Kombat, but I know you just discussed that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I kind of liked that more than other people did. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been so divisive. It's like people love it or hate it, and it's you know, I mean, whatever you, however you feel is fine. It's just it's a movie. People forget it, sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will admit, it definitely helps that I am not the biggest Mortal Kombat head. You know, I mm-hmm. 
I, again, I was watching it over Discord with some friends, and they were they were calling out all these character names, saying all, and I, I had no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Sub Zero is awesome in this. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the only takeaway I had from it. Um, and then I guess the last thing that I'd bring up in terms of new movies was uh, I saw that. Have you watched the Hulu or have you even been interested in the Hulu documentary Sasquatch? Oh, you know what's funny? My roommate watched this and just told me about it because I had no idea what it was and kind of told me how it played out. And because uh, he loves, he's like obsessed with like Bigfoot mythology. And like, uh, he's like, I think we might like, be best. I think we might be best friends. You, you might be. Uh, he, it's like, he, he <laughs> loves Bigfoot. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was a, oh, I don't know if you could tell, but I was a nerd growing up. And <laughs> I guess, uh, like I, I wasn't the biggest Star Wars fan or anything. My nerd stuff was monsters, and so you get to a certain age and you go, "Oh, there are quote unquote real monsters, and they're called Christians." What? Right. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, I just transitioned from Dracula, Wolfman, to also loving Sasquatch and Mothman and whatnot. And so I, I have a morbid curiosity about this stuff, and I, I just find it. You know, I don't believe, uh, I don't know, it, it's daytime right now, so I don't believe in any of it, but as soon as the sun goes down, of course, <laughs> of course, I'll be looking for Bigfoot, like, staring into my window, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, like, fascinated by this kind of stuff. Uh, no, how did your roommate like the documentary? I think he was disappointed, oh, it's hard to talk about spoiling kind of where it goes, I think, because that's maybe, I don't know if it's a secret or not, I don't know how it's marketed, but, um, Oh, it's, it's marketed I mean, the name of the thing is Sasquatch, and then I won't. Again, we're not going to spoil anything, but it just becomes a true crime documentary in right. episode two, which, which sounded pretty interesting. But he was right. disappointed because it became a true crime documentary. But I was thinking, oh, now I'm more interested. <laughs> like, uh, right, exactly. So it's like it's very, I don't know. It is misleading, but I mean, I get it. You're not going to have a Duplass Brothers produced documentary series that's like yeah bigfoot killed people and <laughs> no one has ever talked about it in in you know it, it never made headlines it's like uh tell your roommate there is a a <laughs> bigfoot documentary i like more called not your typical bigfoot movie oh okay <laughs> and it is similarly not really like i mean the people who made it don't necessarily believe in Bigfoot, of course, but the subjects of the documentary are fascinating because it's these two old guys who are kind of losers who live in this <laughs> town where, like, you know, it was like a mill town. The mills, uh, you know, are they they went bust and you know oh, everything yeah. out of work. And so what they do to, to spend, you know, to what they do as like their hobby and that has become their life is they like look for Bigfoot and it gets into like their friendship. It gets into like the drama within the Bigfoot community of like Bigfoot researchers and whatnot. And like the, the charlatans and the scammers and everything. It is so good. It's great. <laughs> okay. I'll remember to tell him about that one. Um, so, all right. Interesting stuff. Uh, anything else where I go into a, uh... So my, no, no, I feel like I've been hogging the conversation here. That's okay. Um, I'm, letting, I'm ready to let you just talk all you want about the village. I'm, I'm expecting, because 
we'll get to it, but I feel like you're going to have much more to say than I. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, man, okay. That's, that's okay. Um, uh, so, okay, stuff I watched. A uh, few things here. There was one thing I was to talk about, but I don't even, it's not even worth bringing up because it's like, eh, it's like a shoulder shrug of a movie. <laughs> I'll okay. tell you when we're, we're done, but I'm like, this movie wasn't even worth bringing up. But I did watch a very interesting movie that was highly recommended by my friend Mike Scott, who's, you know, like the doctor of action movies. And, and if he recommends an action movie, I'm like, I will check this out. And it's a movie called Broken Path, but it's also sometimes called Broken Fist or Attack of the Yakuza. It's got like multiple titles. Um, It's from 2008. It's very hard to see. The only way I could see it was on YouTube. And I think I heard there's like a German DVD or something. It's like, it's not an easy movie to see, but it is a very low budget action movie that stars, I don't mean anything to you. It stars Johnny Young Bosch, uh, Young Bosch, who was in a, he was like the second Black Ranger. He was in the Power Ranger movie in 95. <laughs> and uh, Grandpa Munster, but he's like grape jelly. <laughs> I don't, wait, what? I don't have strong memories about the Power Rangers. There's like a bad guy. He's like a... Oh, he's, oh, yes. Ivan Ooze. Is the, Ivan uh, Ooze. Yes. Yeah. Well, this this guy was the Black Power Ranger after the original Black Power Ranger. And he got the Frog Zord and that whole thing. And he was like, ah, oh, Frog, this is bullshit. But he, apparently he's a very good martial artist in real life. And... Okay. This movie came out, and I haven't seen this kind of anything. It's okay. This might sell you, uh, I because I love action movies. So ba- basically, it's like a ninety-minute movie. It's maybe fifteen twenty minutes at the top of like story and setup, which I didn't think was that great. Honestly, some of the acting's kind of spotty. It's, it, but then it becomes literally—I'm not exaggerating—a seventy-minute ongoing fight scene with minor breaks. It's like so. Okay, these I'm guys. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really good uh, stunt work, really good fight work, uh, choreography. It's really well done. It's directed by a stunt guy uh, wow. named Koichi Sakamoto, who who's done a lot of stunt work on movies. And apparently he's been involved in a lot of like later Power Rangers shows. But this is super violent. This is not even Power Rangers. Like, um, it's very gory. It kind of reminded me in a way of like Night Comes for Us with like people get hurt and it like it it really hurts. Like, you know, people like get like, huh. they cut by something. You, you feel it, but it's like, basically like these guys come to his ranch. This guy has isolated himself, uh, uh, from like his past life. He's running from a bad past and like his wife's there and his daughter, but his daughter like leaves the weekend with some family. It's just him and his wife. And then these guys attack their house and he basically fights off just a handful of guys for like, <laughs> I guess basically in real time, like 70 minutes. And it's like, they fight in the house. They fight outside the house. They fight in the barn. Like then they, the fights, it'll be like a break where it's like him and his wife hide for a few minutes, but then he goes back to fighting and it's, it's insane. Like it's an insane movie um, that I think a lot of people might get worn out by or tired of, but um, I was all in. I yeah, was... <laughs> no, I, that's, I love overwhelming like that. So that sounds great. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And like uh, Johnny and Bosch is like uh, there's this fight scene near the end where I feel like he really gets to show off how good a fighter he is. Like he's so fast. It's like the punches he's throwing. And like, I you know, I don't know. I don't think anything was done to it. I think he genuinely is like that that fast and like just brutal fights like and it's like it's funny because it goes on for so long and the violence is so brutal that you're like at some point I was thinking like, OK, we're past the point of what a human body could withstand and keep fighting. But I'm like, <laughs> but I threw that out the window. I was like, I don't care. This is great. Um, 
it's super fun. You can watch on YouTube, Broken Path, Broken Fist, all those names. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a really good movie. I mean, for for what it is. I mean, I think some people have. A, I read reviews. People were like, "Oh, this is low budget. The acting's bad." Um, that doesn't really matter, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. Because um, once you get in the fight scenes, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, I got to give Mike credit for that recommendation because it was uh, it was pretty great. Um, so I know what he's talking about now. So you had me uh, at seventy minute fight scenes. <laughs> I couldn't believe they really went for it. I mean, it's amazing. They take like a, a short breaks. Like it'll be like less than a minute and then we're back into it. Like it's crazy. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really something. Um, I'm down. I'm, I'm about to. What is it called again? Uh, Broken Path. Or I think also it's called I to be Attack of the Kuza. Okay. 2008? Yep, 2008. Yep. Okay. The, oh, this poster. <laughs> not a great poster either uh i'm telling everything about it especially in the first 20 minutes you might be like i don't know about this but just let it get to but, no 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 yeah. that's that's wonderful that's like the unholy i i have no <laughs> idea what i'm getting myself in for going into this and that's what's exciting yeah it's it's crazy i love that they just went for it let's just do a Saturday night fight scene like i i'm in i'm into it um and then two, I have. I think you're going to really like this last one I'm going to mention. I think I saw you write a review recently about this on Letterboxd, and and I'm with you basically on this movie. But first, I will say, Anton Fuqua movie I watched that I haven't seen in like 20 years, oh. The Replacement Killers, mm-hmm. with Chow Yun Fat. Have you seen this movie? No, never. Oh my god, it's 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 really fun. It held up so much better than I thought it would because I'm thinking oh. like, I remember liking it when I was younger. Because I was in my like finding John Woo phase, and John Woo produced this movie, and Chow Yun Fat's in it, and they made a big deal out of like international superstar Chow Yun Fat's coming to do his first American movie, and um, and I was like, this might be like it might be really dated. I don't know how the action's gonna be. Um, it is nowhere near as good as a John Woo movie with Chow Yun Fat, but it is pretty right. good. Like it's really fun, and Anton Fuqua is doing everything he can to make. Chow and fat like the coolest guy on the planet like the opening scene is like a scene that i love in movies and it's very specific but when a hitman goes into a crowded club to assassinate oh. one person okay so <laughs> i mean okay I, I i hate to be basic here but the one that immediately comes to mind john wick i mean that and i would think of collateral too if I'm you, sorry, I've never seen collateral i'm, never sh- seen collateral. I'm showing oh, no. No, dude okay. i am showing my i'm showing my my what do you call it my true colors here i i I I guess I I have a lot more blind spots than I thought I did, uh, especially when it comes to action and comedy. I... <laughs> That's okay. No, no. I this is this is good because I need to go see Collateral for the first time, and I'm jealous because uh, <laughs> I really love Collateral. It's like Tom Cruise is like in a he's really good in that movie. It's a very different thing that I'm used to seeing him do. And uh, yeah, he plays. Man, a... I'm so I'm so sorry. I cut oh, you it's off. okay. <laughs> what were you saying? I was saying like yeah, he plays a hitman. He's very like you know, kind of plays it kind of cool. And like, there's a scene where he goes into a club and tries to take a guy. And it's a crowded club and it's like this cool, uh, kind of shootout fight scene. Um, but yeah, John Wick has a great one too. It's like, I love those like hitman in a club scenes. Oh dude. Ha- ha- Michael Mann is a huge blind spot for me. I, oh, okay. uh, I'd have to go through his filmography. I know I've seen maybe one, maybe one Michael Mann. Movie. Do you remember which one it was? I hold on. Let me look it okay. up. But while but while I'm looking that up, okay, I'll keep talking uh, about replacement killers while you're looking that up. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing everything they can to get Chow Yun Fat like to make him look cool. To you know, uh, he's still good in it. He's really good. Uh, Mir Sorvino's like his. He goes to her to. It's a very. It's a very basic story. Like it is simple. It's like 
hitman uh, doesn't do a job for the guys he works for. Then they come after him with everything they have, and he has to try to survive. That's basically it, which I'm fine with. And it's like, again, a lot of like a lot of action scenes, short breaks for like to advance the plot. But basically, it's like just action scene, action scene. And uh, I love that he <laughs> Talfuqua does this. I don't know how intentional this was, but like, so of course, Chagun Fat famous for using two handguns with John Woo. That's like you know the John Woo thing. And yeah. uh, the whole movie that he's using one gun. And I'm thinking like, huh, they really held off on him using two handguns. And until the end, it's a little, it's a very mild, but it's not really That's a spoiler. The but... scorpion of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> They're holding him for the last five <laughs> minutes, baby. He uses one handgun the whole time. I'm like, huh, you got Chai and Fat. You haven't used one gun the whole time. And then the end is like Anton Fuqua, like, because Chai and Fat, like kind of, uh, kind of corners the bad guys. And like, I think like he, some doors open or something. And he's standing there holding two guns. He's got two guns in the front of his pants, two guns in the back, two guns on the side. <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> got a suit of armor made of two guns. He's just got two. He's got double handguns all over him. So he keeps like shooting the guns. He runs out. He goes to two more guns. And keep, so it's instead like of clips instead of ammo clips. It's no, just he just up. brings more guns. That is and, so good. I like pop. I like loved it. I like almost cheered when it was like, yeah, because it like it builds you up like. One uh-huh. Chagun Fat can use two pistols. Yes, he's got, a, you know, and like, uh, god damn. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he looks super cool. It's like, this is amazing. Like, you're just, it's like the hero moment. It's like Captain America getting his shield back or something. You're like, he got it. Like, yeah, it's like, uh-huh. he's got the guns. And it's like, I mean, he shoot him in slow motion. Like, he looks cool. He's got a cool suit. I mean, it's, it's pretty great. I had so much fun watching that movie again. <laughs> this sounds wonderful. I need to watch this. It's it's great. And then the other Anton Fuqua movie I was teasing is I watched Equalizer 2 finally. It's so good. <laughs> it's <laughs> I knew you were, I knew you were a fan of this one. Um I had a blast. I I thought the first maybe hour-ish was a little kind of slow in parts, yeah, but then yeah. it made up for it completely in the back half, especially that last like 30 minutes when there's basically like you set any movie in a hurricane and it's automatically gonna gain a star on Letterboxd. It's yeah. oh, oh, it's it's great. Denzel killing guys like in the middle of this hurricane, this small town, like Just um, Jason Voorhees murdering them too. It's yes, horrifying. yes, he's, <laughs> really, really murdering them. And like it's wild. I was he's like, enjoying I, it. <laughs> like, maybe a little bit. I love so, there's a good yeah it is there's some it's it's funny because yeah there's some parts i think are great some parts it's like the slower parts there's a little like trying to move this whole like conspiracy plot blah 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 but like the stuff that was good completely outshined anything negative for the most part like there's a really tense scene where um a guy is hiding in denzel's apartment um from bad guys and it's Mm -hmm. really that was really well done i was like oh i was like this is super tense and uh um that's like the prelude before the hurricane murder set piece and it's like um oh i do love just when denzel's like going to like beat up like rapey frat bros like i'm like give me a whole movie of like him just like writing these like these when wrongs he's just, he's just like mr he's just like mr good deeds or whatever and he's right. just like helping random bystanders yeah i love that make a tv well they did it bring it back so. with queen latifah and i will watch that shit oh wait they did it and i'm not watching <laughs> okay no mind. Uh, it's bad at watching shows but i had a lot of fun with it i haven't watched the first equalizer in a while but i liked that one too but uh yeah this was a uh, pretty pretty fun i don't know i i didn't even know pedro pascal was 
like a main yeah. character of the movie. And I was like, oh, hey, Mandalorian's here. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah. Bill Pullman shows up. I was like, Bill Pullman. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's good. Denzel, he just elevates pretty much like everything he's in. Even um, I don't know what you thought of the little things with him and Jared Leto. And I, I didn't watch it. Okay, probably a good call. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> like, but even I remember Denzel... listening to you and my buddy Mark talk about it. And oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I think Mark almost sold me, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go with Matt on this one. And probably... <laughs> Denzel is like clearly sleepwalking through that movie, but even like when he's clearly sleepwalking, he's still good. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, incredible. he's one of those actors that, like you said, like I, I would watch Sleepwalker starring uh, Denzel. <laughs> I definitely watched Sleepwalkers starring them. I was gonna say, yeah, it's like that's an insane movie. But um, I've got yeah, a question no. before we move on from yes. Equalizer Two. <laughs> if you had a bookshelf, and like one of those bookshelves that you removed one book and it turned into like you know a secret hatch, what would the book be that you would, that would be the escape hatch lover? Hmm. You know, I'd want something. It wouldn't be showy to anybody else. I wouldn't like want like uh, a copy of it. It's like a giant book or something. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want like a big uh, coffee table book that everybody's gonna be like, oh, let's pull this out and look at it. It's right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because then oh, everybody would know. Everybody would immediately find out your secret escape. I'd probably pick something very like not exciting, honestly, just so it be it wouldn't yeah. stand out on the shelf, like a black cover book that's like something really generic, like how to make friends or something. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. How to make friends at alien or how to lose. Yeah, what's, no, wait, friends. that's a movie. God damn it. What's There's a, 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 it's an old like self-help book, like how to make friends. And I can't remember. Yeah. Soup for the soul books. Oh yeah. One of those. Uh, I think I would pick a book. I, I just made this joke under my breath, but I'm going to make it again. I would pick a book that literally no one has ever read. I think I would pick, uh, infinite jest <laughs> oh okay a book that i i think got convinced into buying from someone talking about it and i've never opened it and uh i don't want to i don't think <laughs> no it's one of those door stops like gravity's rainbow it's like nobody actually reads this come on I bought you this try reading smart. it for like ulysses you try reading it you, it's like a chat the whole thing is like it's a challenge <laughs> i'm like i'm just gonna go watch uh uh Show down little Tokyo for the sixth time or something. Yeah, I don't want to read. Like, 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 I love reading. I love books. But that kind of... Uh, and that's one of the... Ulysses is honestly, I feel like for anybody who likes to read, that's one of the little bucket lists just to brag about it. But then you're going to be the guy that brags about having read Ulysses. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that guy Gotta talk. Gotta lose so. friends and alien aliens. Yeah. Well, there you talk go. Talk about reading Ulysses. Talk about reading Ulysses. <laughs> Um, okay, well, this is this has been a fun thing to cut the show. So let's get into the main event here. Let's talk about the village. Uh, so uh, I usually ask people like right away, like kind of your general thoughts on the village. And if you remember the first time you saw the movie, like the first time you saw the movie and kind of your general thoughts in the movie. So, okay, so <laughs> big this household, Matt, huge Shyamalan fans. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the biggest Shyamalan fans around. And, like, to the point where my mom, like, growing up, my mother would occasionally watch a horror movie around Halloween. She mm -hmm. doesn't anymore. But to this day, 
she will watch anything with M. Night Shyamalan's name on it. I don't know why. I have literally no idea. She's like, he's just, he's one of the greats and he can do no wrong. That being said, this household has never watched, including myself, has never watched The Last Airbender <laughs> or uh, uh, what was the one after that? After Earth? Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yep. <laughs> and we've never watched the two he made before uh, Six Cents. So. Right, which are like weird. Is it one like a kid drama or something? Like yeah, a... I think that's Praying with Anger, maybe? I can't remember. Yeah. There, there, was two of the, there was two of them. <laughs> but uh, we haven't seen those. So we've just seen The Streak. And Matt, okay, I don't want to bury the lead here. <laughs> but for my personal canon, for Hayden's personal canon, The Streak from Sixth Sense all the way up to and including Lady in the Water is one of my favorite uh, filmmaker streaks. Okay. I love each and every one of them. Interesting. Okay. I, uh, I and love I looking, like his yeah. newer movies. I like his newer movies. I do. But mm-hmm. there is just something about incredibly confident Shyamalan <laughs> in those early days before he was taken down a peg. Yeah, and that, he had to, like, claw his way back into Hollywood, like... Yes, now yeah. he's on his, like, uh, you know, he's the revenant now. He's, like, come back <laughs> out of the grave, and he's making all these, like, psychological thrillers and everything, and, I don't know, a weird trilogy to do Unbreakable <laughs> for some reason. I, I gotta be uh, honest, I'll just say this, sorry to cut you off, but I oh, really, I, I cannot remember thinking a director was absolutely so dead in the water as he was after... Lady in the water, more like dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, Village was kind of not well-received. Late in the Water was, I think, well, less well-received. And then he had the one-two punch of Last Airbender and After oh, Earth. don't forget the happening. Don't forget the happening. Oh, Jesus, I did forget about that. <laughs> how so, can we, how like, we forget the happening? To a lot of people. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg talking to Houseplants. How can I forget? Uh, it's like, so he has this, like, yeah, so it's like a slow decline and like it's like, oh, my God. I thought, I was like, this guy is done. Like, there is no yeah. coming back. Yeah. So I have to give him credit for calling his way back into like being able to make movies and being relevant because I've never thought a director was more like they're never going to direct again. He's done. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. in director jail forever. Uh, it's he kind of an amazing come comeback, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like it's, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Bloomhouse. I like quite a few of their movies that they've uh, distributed and whatnot. I'm not the biggest fan of them overall, but I give them all the props in the world for giving M night another, another shot and bring him back because man, I, I I don't know why I I just, I really like the guy. And so I'm sorry, first impression or first reaction to the village. So love the sixth sense. I really liked unbreakable to this. uh, Well, to this day, uh, my parents haven't seen unbreakable, but they, my mom would like it, even though she doesn't care about superheroes or comics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But she loves Shyamalan that much. But I liked Unbreakable. That was kind of the cult hit in the house that no one else had seen. Um, uh, really loved Signs. For some reason, that one worked better with the family than even Sixth Sense did. And then The Village was coming out. And Matt, do you remember the trailers to The Village? Okay, vaguely, I'm, sure we'll I'm, really, I'm upset now I didn't go back and rewatch the trailers because I feel like the trailers were really good, if I'm remembering this right. Oh, man, it was, it was 
from the director of the sixth sense under the wall and signs like little sound, little whooshing sound effects it was like there's a village <laughs> you know it was like it was so foreboding that was that's one of the issues so many people have with mm. this movie because uh, in in my opinion because it really was missold to the to the public it it was sold as a monster movie right right which understandable because that is, <laughs> that is the the setup you know but but like it was so hard on there will be monsters and you will be scared <laughs> and there is no love story in this movie and so like <laughs> It is not about. It is Wasn't not it about very life. like mysteriously advertised too? Like we didn't really know yeah. what it was about. We just knew incredibly, it was about a village, and there was something scary happening. Incredibly secretive. Yeah. Uh, the tra- like I said, the trailers. It w- it was literally like uh, shots of the village. You hear the like moans from the woods, um, and then it would like do the slashes, and it would tell you the rules. It'd be like, don't go outside. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't go into the woods. Uh, Bury red flowers or whatever <laughs> and so it and growing up in east texas man in a place well yeah I, i'll say it the the my hometown is called lumberton a lot of trees okay. a lot yeah. of woods everywhere and i was all about one of my favorite just not even a theme i don't know how to describe it one of my favorite things in horror are stories where the woods are scary and there are scary things in the woods yeah, just because yeah. I have so much, you know, time uh, in, in my memory camping. Um, we even had built a treehouse in our backyard and you had to go through a path to climb up into it. And we would sleep in it some nights in summer. And, you know, you'd hear things walking around all at night. It's very scary. So we were all in on going to see this movie about scary things in the woods being scary. <laughs> and we watched it. Not gonna lie, Matt was pretty pissed <laughs> when I came out of the movie. Was pretty mad, and I, re- you know, the strangest thing I, re- I remember, and whenever you talk to people, you know, talking about the movie now, they say they remember the audience laughing. The strange thing is, I and like you know, we saw it at the Dollar Theater in the town over. Um, it was packed, bunch of you know, working class uh, people watching this movie about what they think is about monsters, and like even after the twist, you could hear disappointment, but no one laughed, and everyone was still really into the movie, and by the end of it, everyone was talking, and I specifically remember. I know we're not probably in spoilers yet, so I'm not going to say anything. Although I feel like I've probably already spoiled it. But like, uh, by dancing around, I feel like I've spoiled it. But um, there's a part that got an applause. An applause, Matt. Can you imagine an audience (laughs) of moviegoers applauding nowadays at any point? Well, the last time I remember that happening was in Endgame, I feel like. There was a lot of applause in Endgame. But otherwise, it doesn't happen very much, honestly. The village was the (laughs) Endgame (laughs) but uh uh, what was that i should have what is this 2004 2004 yeah yeah the end game of 2004 no um 
<laughs> but I, it was it was insane because you could feel the air let out of the room after a certain point, but everyone was still really into it. And went home, was pretty bummed, but immediately we tricked my brother. We, we told him we left something out. It was like dark by the time we got home. We told my brother we left something out in the treehouse and he had to go get it. And of course, me and my sister dressed up in red hoodies and snuck oh out there God. and scared him. And he was so pissed for like days. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and then the weirdest thing happened. I stewed on it for a bit. I went back and saw it, I think the following weekend. And man, I just, I fell in love with the village. And ever since, it has been my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. To this day, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely still my favorite. Okay, wow. That, uh, I, I, it's funny because, like, people listening don't know this, but I know this. I follow you on Letterboxd, and I've seen, I went to look up the village, and I saw your, you have multiple reviews. I think you've watched it, like, five or six times. I, uh, it's one of those that I'll put on every now and then whenever I want to get choked up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of know how you feel about it, how much you love it. And I think this actually might be good because, uh, okay, so where I stand on the village is kind of where I You're stood. You're going to hear me hang up, Matt. You're going to hear me hang up. <laughs> no, no, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think you're gonna, I think you might be okay with this. Uh, so it's kind of where I've been at the village since 2004 when I saw it in the theater is that I am, ex- it's almost hard for me to talk about because I'm extremely, I feel neutral about the movie. I huh. genuinely feel... I don't hate it. I don't love it. I think it's very well made. Uh, I don't feel like I connect to it in any way. It's almost like it is something that's happening in front of me. And I'm like a, a very neutral observer. I'm like, hmm, okay, yes. <laughs> that's, that is interesting because to I don't know why. Because I, I understand how it could be a little arm's length. Because the, I mean, the dialogue is so clunky. You know, like, I mean... <laughs> And I, and I know that's part of you have to convince your audience of the lie at first, which, right. by the way, should we just go ahead and just say? Oh, I, yeah. First of all, it's an older movie. So I think, well, they haven't seen it. They wouldn't know. But we're going to get into spoilers now, everybody. So if you haven't seen The Village, you don't want it spoiled and you avoid it all this time. Uh, right. Good for you. But you might want to just tune out. now. <laughs> right. So. There's two big twists of the yes. movie. The first yes. one is that the monsters ain't real. <laughs> the second right. one is that it's present day and they're living in like a little common. wildlife reserve that they bought right. <laughs> and yeah <laughs> right. and, and it, okay so it, i understand that the dialogue uh has to be you know a little bit not archaic i'm struggling to, for the right word um the dialogue has to sound old-timey to convince right. audiences that whoa, why, why are they saying, uh, you know, um, shiznit? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Why, why, are they, why are they saying, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Some saying. of the village possibly saying shiznit, like, check this shiznit out, villagers. I found a red flower today. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, hold on. It's like, it's like creepy. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But, like, you know, you, you have You've to. You've got to lay on it. Thick the the old timey right. talk I think is the idea. <laughs> yes, you have to you have to go into you have to make it a little terse for people <laughs> to buy into it. But I mean, it feels stodgy, e- even even more stodgy than than uh, than 
you would think. Although I think by the end of it, that's just another bonus because by the end of it, you realize these these elders are just like theater kids. They're weirdos. Like, I mean, <laughs> this was their... They had an idea because they were so overwhelmed with grief. Mm-hmm. The way they dealt with it was to buy a nature preserve, <laughs> build a village, and start a community there, which right. is just a wonderful, <laughs> just a wonderful, wonderfully weird concept. Oh, this, I have, uh, there's so many paths I could take right now. And this is, it's, inter- it's an interesting movie to talk about. That's why, even if I feel like I'm kind of neutral on how I feel about it, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot to discuss. So I'm trying to think of where to even, the couple things you just said where I want to branch off here. So I think we should probably just jump on those twists right away because they, they were, <laughs> the twists were like, I think the thing that got most ridiculed about this movie, would you agree? Right. Okay. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's so funny because sort of goes back to the Sasquatch documentary. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea how many monster fans <laughs> exist in the world until they watch the village and they say, I hate it because the monsters aren't real. It's like, where have you been? We could have been watching Tremors this whole time together. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think some people just want a simple, straightforward monster they movie. That's what they think they're going to get. They yeah. want, I mean, I get it. I get it. They right. want what they're being told they're going to get. I <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, people, to this day, that's the, that's the criticism I hear the most, is it's, I hate that the monsters aren't real. Right. How yeah. do you feel about that, Matt? It's, again, it's like it's never bothered me. I don't. I don't, I, I think, I don't, I'm trying to remember back to 2004, being uh-huh. in this theater, and I do remember going in, and we're all excited for the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, because he's had a good run, he's had a very good run at this point, uh, he's all, it's all hits at this point, so we're like, okay, great, and no one knew what we are getting, and I feel like it was one of the most, <laughs> like, by the end, one of the most riotous theater experience ever had people seem like they were genuinely angry by the end Whoa, of it like, so you got were... you got the you got the experience that i always heard about and did not experience yeah and i sat there like with a shoulder shrug because i was not that upset about it i i don't know why it's it's so frustrating when we like it must be tough for him at Shyamalan because he built himself up to be the twist guy by this point yeah so he must be sitting there thinking shit i've got to have a twist it's like I got I just want to tell a fucking story, but I got to have a twist because everyone wants that from me. So we're all like waiting for the twist. And I don't know about you. I'm very bad usually at guessing what a twist will be. I think because I don't like to think ahead of a movie that much, I like just be in the movie and kind of let it go. Yeah. And I don't like to like outthink it. Um, mm-hmm. So I know I didn't see I don't think I saw either twist coming, especially the modern day portion of the, the twist. I might have figure the monster thing out but um and so i wasn't I, I wasn't upset and i thought i think the twist got me and uh like so I, you know I, I i don't know i was sitting there kind of like okay like i think it was over i thought it was fine all you were very mad around me so right. i don't know if i answered your original question sorry but i was just kind of like no that's okay yeah but i'm I, just kind of like it's fine it's fine i get it <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember I'm wondering if this is the movie that I can't, I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I, I'm going to. I'm wondering if this is the movie that broke everyone that saw it. Because, <laughs> again, I don't know if everyone's like me. I don't think you are the way you just spoke. I go into every movie expecting and looking for the twist. And I don't like it because okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like 
I want to be surprised by something, but I'm always mm-hmm. thinking like, eh, they're trying to get one over on me, huh? <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, just watch this stupid movie. And I'm wondering if that happened to anyone else or if it's just me because no, think, of specifically the village. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's hard when you, when you know M. Night Shyamalan is like famous for twists. So if you go into a movie waiting for his twist to drop, then you're are you even enjoying the movie that much? Cause you're like, okay, what's, what card is he going to pull? Because I don't know. I'm going to ask you this. I don't know how anybody, <laughs> unless they were just guessing everything they could think of, got the whole we're in modern times no, thing. I, I don't get that. That's one of those things that <laughs> it's like whenever I saw the book of Eli, and again, this is somebody who's always looking for twists. Whenever I saw the book of Eli, have you ever seen that? I'm not going to. I, oh, I, I love book of Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, actually like I, do too, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that movie is super underrated. That twist but got like, me too. I was yes. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, maybe we should talk about Book of Eli sometime. But <laughs> we could. We but could. <laughs> but I remember going to that movie. Not going to spoil it, but w- when we walked out of it, my friend said, "I knew blank," and right. I w- and I looked at my friend and I said, "You're lying." <laughs> and I feel like any I feel the same way about people, <laughs> and maybe he did. I don't know. But like, I feel the same way about people who said. It was so obvious in the village that it was modern day because it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> you I just think anything you, tips the hand. I don't think any single thing that they do make you would make you think it's modern day. I think the monster thing you could get because they are they're very protective of like the you know, don't leave. And you could think like, OK, maybe they're faking the monsters or the monsters aren't real. Yeah. Um Right, like, maybe the monsters, maybe the monsters. But monster. the and, modern day thing to this day still bothers me. I want someone to tell me oh, what tipped them off. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say it bothers you because you don't like it. It's oh, no, like, no, no. It just bothers me because I, <laughs> I don't know how people figured it out, and I feel like an idiot. I feel, um, no, 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 Matt, don't feel like an idiot. I feel like they're just liars. <laughs> they're just liars and cheats. But I like, do think people have like a sometimes have a twist checklist where they think maybe, it could be like multiple possibilities, and they run through the possibilities in their head, and they're like, right. It could be this or that. And like, if you run it down to that, like, I, I yeah. think, I think maybe what I was trying to say is like earlier is like, this was the last movie I went in, not looking for the twist, even wow. though wow. having seen movies with twist, knowing that he was the twist guy, I wasn't thinking about it the whole time. I was so invested in the movie. Maybe these other people were just like, Oh, he's the Bruce Willis is dead guy. So <laughs> so, so what's the ob- what's the obvious twist? Aha! Uh-huh, this isn't uh, you know this isn't old timey because it looks old timey. I don't know. They're <laughs> underwater. I don't. Like, I, mean, I I just can't get it. I would love for somebody to tell me what they thought. What made them think it was modern time? But uh, and I will say this about the twist. Well, the well multiple twists. Okay, I the the reveal of the monsters is fine. I don't really like. I don't really like how he edits that. It's a lot of cross-cutting to oh. uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in the wood and then back to her figuring it out. Right. And yeah. I feel like it you loses don't know, You don't know what he shows her. I don't like that they're in a shed where anyone could just break in at any time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I understand there has to be a shed that we shall not use or whatever. Or whatever right. we Everything call. is we shall not use. Or, yeah. <laughs> right. I understand it has to be a, you know, a place. But whenever they say we're at the shed that shall not be used, it's like, why do you have that shed? <laughs> it should be called. It should be called the shed where only boring things are. Don't worry about it. You don't even want to go in there. Uh, yeah, the shed where we throw rotten food. I don't know. It's like what? You... <laughs> yeah. 
and they're not even hidden behind anything. They're just behind a door that's locked, a wooden right. door that anyone could break. Through. But, but I, but you're right because they don't reveal what's in the shed. They kind of pull you along a little bit longer, milking milking it because they want uh, Shyamalan wants you to feel like she's still in danger. Right. But I feel like he did that enough with the line that's said later where uh, her dad says there were rumors that monsters lived in these woods. That's where we got the idea for it. I feel like that's all you really need. You could have revealed the suit then and had him just say that. And you could you would still be on 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 the side enough to be like, well, there still could be. Okay. <laughs> there's rumors for a reason. But yeah. I love I love that there's two twists because it makes the second one hit even harder. You go, well, we got the twist out of the way. That's the twist. Right. And right. then I don't know about you, Matt, the reveal of them going through the lock boxes. Mm-hmm. He, they pull out the picture. He lays everything out. And you're like, wait, there's a car. Wait, what? Wait, there's a picture. Wait, what's going on? And then you cut to the siren over the mm-hmm. head. And it is, I get chills thinking about it. I remember being in the theater going, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Just blew my damn mind. Oh, oh, me too. It got me. It got me. And you know what's funny, though? I'll tell you this, that since 2004, because I don't think I had rewatched The Village since the theater until for this podcast, I rewatched it. And I had remembered the second twist wrong. In my mind, I had re-edited for M. Night. (laughs) So in my mind, it happens like this. Uh, that Bryce Dallas Howard gets to the, like the, the wall, the fence area, and gets mm-hmm. over, and then she hits the grass. You're still look; it's a tight kind of shot on her and the fence and the grass. And then you pull back, and boom, there's a paved road and a car, and you're like, "What?" And it's like it hits so much harder. So this time, I'd forgotten all about <laughs> that. He starts slowly, like the lockboxing happens at the same time right. or before. And I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I don't want to tell them how to make their movie, but I kind of thought it was. In my mind, I thought it was better. I think it hits harder the way I remembered it. And the way he right. does it in the movie, I don't like it as much because I don't think it has the same impact because it's a slower realization of like, oh, this is modern times. Right, like, I kind of right. wish it was just like, boom, pull back to a paved road. You're like, holy shit, what? And then then you go back to the lockbox stuff. But um, yeah, I wish you wouldn't have told me that because I do. like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's how I remembered it for like 15 years. <laughs> so, Hold on, I got to change my letterbox review. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I I do like your idea, and I and I get that, like misremembering something better. <laughs> but yeah, because I don't like the slow, slower kind of revelation to oh, it's modern times. I don't think it has the same impact. It and... doesn't have the same impact, but I love that little part. I I don't really know why he looks at his wife like it's time to look at the picture, <laughs> but. It's 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 noon. We gotta look at this picture. We do it every day. But no, I I don't really know why. You know, in the in the movie that it happens that way. But I do, man. I I love that scene where they're where you hear the voiceover from their um from their therapy sessions and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's still good. And, I just yeah. <laughs> right, and so like so this is interesting to me because you find this movie very cold. And I yes, find yeah. it very. Um, I find it very emotional. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Is are you into the love story portion of the whole thing love with Christ Dallas? That I love the love story. Oh my gosh. 
And I know, I know uh, Joaquin is playing a weirdo. I mean, he always plays a weirdo. I mean, that's but, the usual for him, yeah. Right. Especially here, he's just a silent, brooding kind of, I don't know, <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> and then, uh, not, not a Joker weirdo, but like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I love, I mean, I've always loved Bryce Dallas Howard since I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... I think she is. I think she is amazing. He, you know, after the scene on the porch. I mean, he's not in the movie much after that, but the scene at the porch really, uh, I don't know, makes that relationship sing to me because he finally opens up, and it does feel like you're finally this relationship is finally breathing. I don't know. I, uh, man, I'm really a sucker for this for this relationship. <laughs> I like that scene you just mentioned on the porch too, but I think I just wish there was more to their relationship before we get to the point where he's injured and she goes out in the woods for him. Like I need like another. Just it another is, I, yeah. It is in, I'm sorry. It is insane that he is walking is not introduced in the movie until I think 10 minutes in. And we do not see Bryce Dallas Howard's face until I think 18 minutes into the movie. Yeah, that surprised me. I forgot and how late she comes into it. It's not that late, but yeah, leads. later I thought. <laughs> they're the leads. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's very strangely structured. And they're the leads, and they get top, they get billing over, like, William Hurt and Sigourney Weaver. And I think Adrian Brody's in the middle of the... Okay, hold on. Can we talk about <laughs> Adrian Brody? I'm sorry. We, we don't have to. Don't I don't know to. how to talk about it, because I it's understand it's problematic, yes. and people yeah. find it cringe. I kind of like... I personally like the performance. I don't know how to dis- I don't know how to defend my position though. I mean, that's fair. I, it's like I just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... please, please, you you say everything you, you want to say about it. I just don't know how I'm going to rebut. I'm probably just going to have to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if we're talking about it purely as a performance in a movie, <laughs> then. Um, I feel like it's fine, but I'm, oh, I don't know. I'm, it's hard to talk about, yeah, you're right, because I'm not an expert on any of this or anything like that. But to me, it seems like a, a genuinely problematic performance of a mentally handicapped person. It seems very, yeah. like, yikes, you know, it's like, oof, what is this? But he is, I mean, he, and, and it's, it's even further because he's the he's villain. He's like, right. He's like a he's like a Shakespearean idea of a mentally handicapped person where they are ill because they are ill of soul. <laughs> it's like this I should like I mean, this is so problematic, but I I don't know why for some reason I like it and for some for some reason instead of cringing when he is like on the porch covered in blood like crying to his mom, it makes me very sad. It makes me like I am so I th- I think I'm just so easily uh, manipulated by movies. <laughs> I think I am too. I uh, it's yeah I don't know. It's like yeah the character to me isn't great. The way he's playing isn't great. They kind of use him in this bad way where it's like <laughs> this was after this was right after the pianist right and I think this was oh my god I think it was <laughs> yeah like, and like he yeah. has I mean where's his career gone you know. Right. I, I kind of get what you're saying. I OK, I think it's problematic kind of for these actors to go play people 
with like mental disabilities or you know whatever right. i don't know i don't know what the proper term is i don't want to say the wrong term but just somebody like <laughs> but i'm the kind of person who is easily manipulated like i can't watch the movie radio because no, i no, feel so I get... bad no dude i <laughs> and like i know you're supposed to or you could look at it it's just like this is just cuba like you know acting just like cuba and you could get secondhand embarrassment but every time I think of radio, I think of him crying about his mom, and I'm like, oh. I'm gonna start crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start crying. Because <laughs> I feel so much, uh, I think empathy, yeah. even if it's an actor playing that part. But like yeah. in real life too, if I see something, like I just want to like, uh, I don't want to get emotional. But it's like, I've seen people in the past get right. bullied for this kind of thing, and yeah. like I just want to like yeah. defend them because. You know, it's like they can't really defend themselves sometimes. So it's like I just don't want them to be picked on, and I kind of yeah. feel like yeah, this character is like yeah. the, <laughs> the villain. Yeah, so <laughs> dude, I definitely recognize that it is partly my age. Like at the time I saw this, I was not thinking about the ramifications of a non-disabled person portraying a disabled person, you know, and how right. that's problematic. I just saw it as a performance, and it worked on me. And so I, I don't know if I'll ever fully be able to step outside of that, you know? That being said, I mean, like, I definitely understand because I'm older now, and if I see something that makes me cringe now, it just makes me cringe. It's hard for me <laughs> to look past. So I get, like, older people who saw this movie at the time and were like, but I, yeah, I it's like the mannerisms he's choosing to do and the way. But but then on the other hand, like you said, it still makes me sad when he's like covered in blood and crying, and I'm like, oh no, so like sad. It makes this so poor sad. man. Oh man, I, two things I've noticed as I get older with movies. And I don't know if you relate to this. Uh, you kind of said one earlier. It's like I, the more movies I watch, the older I get, the the less I not like I care. About, I don't care about quality, but I think I'm less critical of things i'm just like yeah. yay i watched a movie good and like, just right kinda... because it's like oh i i got to you know it's it's the cliche thing of like i got to spend time watching a movie that was so pleasant <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so that happens where i feel like i'm less critical and just like i'm way open to more movies i think i would have like shit on 15 years ago and like yeah but then the other thing is i feel like I become much more uh, like I get more emotional movies way easier. I feel like I never used to cry at like movies, but like now, really? like it, little things will get me. Like, and Wait, I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> no, 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 not the. <laughs> I was crying how bad the little things. Were. <laughs> like, it made me so sad that his dick was as hard as Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> That's the best line of that whole movie. <laughs> oh, just watch that clip. That's all you need to see. Um, so like little things will get me. And I'm like, why am I getting emotional about this? Like, I just I, I get soft in my older age. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm just I'm just breaking down too easy. But I get um, it. I, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I definitely understand. So I'm yeah, I'm with you. it's a it's a that's all we need to say. It's it's a performance where it's like it's a bit cringy. It's problematic. Uh, it's I don't know what I'll say about it. It's just kind of it stood out. It stands out in a way that I don't think is good if that makes sense i know i i understand like it's it's the hardest thing in the movie to talk about you know because i recognize that i don't mind it personally because i already liked it whenever i saw it whenever i was oh god however old i was whenever this movie came out but you know i also recognize that it's not exactly a thing that i should defend Right. You know, or, or no, it's not a goal no. that I should yeah. die on. You know, it, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Well, on the other hand, I will go the other way now. I will say I think Bryce How- Dallas Howard is amazing in this movie. I think she's great. <laughs> Wonderful. And like, 
And I only fell harder for her in Lady in the Water, which is another movie. If you ever want to talk about it, Matt, I will be. <laughs> but uh, but she is. I don't. Was this her? This was her first film role, I think. Right? Was it her very first movie? I have to look this up. Um, I think so. That'd be pretty even more incredible. It's her first movie. Um, she is just. I mean, she just. She walks away with it. Man. She's wow. so good. She's done. Okay, yeah. Basically, there was some stuff she did before that was like, "Girl in Yellow Dress," "Redheaded Girl in Audience," uncredited, like all these little like I think in her dad's movies, like. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is her real first like role, and yeah, I mean she's she's really good. This time I was thinking like, God, she's good in this movie. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. I. You know, it's. She's not given much to do nowadays. So when you see her in things like the Jurassic World movies. If you hadn't seen a lot of her earlier work, you could be like, or, you know, in Spider-Man 3, you could be like, oh, this is just nepotism. But, <laughs> like, having seen The Village, it's like, no, she's really got it. She's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. And a she, cast of, a, a good a good cast, but I think she's the best person in the whole and, movie. <laughs> oh, man, an amazing cast. Okay, I've got to ask. Okay. <laughs> because this is a, there's another point of contention with me and a few friends. <laughs> How do you feel about William Hurt? Okay. <laughs> Glad <laughs> because, you asked. <laughs> because outside of this movie, I'm not sure how I feel about him. I love him. In this movie. <laughs> Funny enough, outside this movie, he's someone I would say I genuinely like as an actor. I heard someone say recently, um, it might have been Anthony, my friend Anthony, we were talking about Dark City, and he said he wasn't a fan of William Hurt in general. And I was like, huh, I didn't think people... Like, you know, weren't fans of... I thought he was kind of like someone you're neutral on or you like. I didn't think people weren't fans of William Hurt. But uh, I think I genuinely like him. In this movie, he goes up and down for me. I think mostly it's like... There's a scene where he's... They're outside by a house and he's I know talking exact, to like... I know exactly. <laughs> it is too painful. I cannot bear it. Yeah, I'm like, is this bad acting or really Matt, good acting? Matt, my favorite line reading, I think, from any movie in 2004. I... <laughs> <laughs> love it is too painful i cannot bear it i don't know why it. no you're it's exactly the line i was like, it is too painful okay i cannot bear it. <laughs> it is too painful i cannot bear it and it is i get i get chills like <laughs> i cry during that scene matt oh god i feel william hurts pain i'm like it is too painful and you cannot bear it william and i cannot bear this scene in a good way i yeah I feel like there should be a giant sign over his head that says acting. <laughs> Do you plan to live forever? It is so, it is so like matter of fact, though, because there's no reason they should be speaking that way when they're just around each other and it's, <laughs> and they realize it's present day. But I mean, they're weirdos, man. They're like, they're like, no, this is us now. Right. <laughs> I'm like, and they've just. Committing to the bit. That's yes, their method acting. Commit. So hard to this bit, and uh, I mean, I, I love that it's specifically that line because it's it's the test, it's the litmus test. It's because I think this is the most William Hurt William Hurt performance, in my opinion, uh -huh. <laughs> because it is so. I, I guess because of what I just said, because it's the litmus test. But and you either look at that scene and you go, "This is bad," or "This is great," or <laughs> I have no idea. I have, right. <laughs> more time I, I have no idea again i was like is right. this good or bad act i don't it's acting it's definitely he's like i'm acting my balls off right now but, when he's um, like what does he say he goes he goes uh 
I hope I am will. I hope I am always willing to risk everything for the just and right cause. And I'm like, that's Shyamalan, man. He's standing up for this movie. He's standing <laughs> up for all these risks he's taken that everybody's gonna hate him for. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that part up because I almost I would have forgot to bring that up about yeah when he's doing that scene. I'm like, man, he is going for it. And you know that's whatever way you think about it, he's he's going for it. Uh, <laughs> So, but I do want to go back to the thing you said earlier, and I think yeah. I read this in your reviews too. And th- I think this is what I like most about the movie, that this is the idea of people who, who yes. just cannot deal with grief so badly that they just give up and leave society completely. Like I'm that's so like, glad you brought that up. Yes, because <laughs> that's the thing that, that's the reason I think it's my. I'm not going to say it's his only masterpiece, but that's why I feel like it is. Another, you know, because I mean, the sixth sense is just so, the sixth sense is just so good. And I'm not the biggest superhero fan. That's the only reason why I don't love Unbreakable as much as other people. But I will fully admit anyone who calls that a masterpiece. I'm not about to argue with them. But a, a reason why I think this why I consider this a masterpiece, another one by Shyamalan, is because it's the it's like where this progression was leading to with this theme that's in all these movies of people that just cannot get over shit you know mm-hmm. and it's like it what what do you do it's not just it's not just about one person anymore it's about a group that literally like you said leaves society to build a community to <laughs> run away and it is man i love it i love it that's my favorite part of the whole thing. Like, you, when you said that, and I read that, I was like, okay, that really brings the movie up for me. Because if I can look at it through that lens of like, this is people, people just cannot, I, like, listen, I, I've been through a lot of grief in my life. I have never once thought I should pack it up and, and move to like, what? I can't even fathom that level of grief where you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm moving to the country and okay, pretend it's old times. <laughs> I, I think, I think there's just, because I, okay, I've never been through anything as, as uh, luckily, you know, every, everyone, you know, every death I've experienced in my life, uh, I'm not going to say they've been predictable because there have been a few that were surprising, but I'm lucky enough that I have never experienced, like you said, anything that makes me say, all right, that's it, I'm gone. <laughs> but have you never really thought about just like, have you never had the and i again i this is another cliche thought but have you never been like oh man i just want to go live on a farm or something no i have i have thought about it uh i mean especially i feel like during the last year with covid it was like it would have been nice to live out like in the middle of nowhere in like montana or wyoming or something nature man let's and then let's come up with some monsters and draw some uh (laughs) on a rock and like make some make some costumes and stuff Here's a question. Why doesn't this group of people just move somewhere like one of the Dakotas or Montana or Wyoming and buy, and buy land out there and build? They just don't want to deal with modern times, I guess. But I'm just like, well, that would have been easier if you just like went some. You'd still be pretty isolated if you went and bought a bunch of land in like one of those oh, states. Oh, okay, yeah, you're just, you're saying just like. Because I think this gets back to just how weird these people are. It's like it's not enough to just be like, all right, we're we're taking over some little podunk town in like Wyoming where no one lives there. Right, right. It's not enough to be like that. It's like no, we're going to pick and choose the things we like out of history 
and create our own. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. kind of awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, as, a, as a former theater kid, I kind of get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of understand. They get to, they're probably the people who are like, oh man, people don't dress up nice like they used to. Right. You know, like, so we're going to force ourselves and our kids to dress up nice every day. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dick move if you think of it. It's like, we're going to force everybody else to live like this too. And, oh, speaking of dick moves, okay, the the fact that William Hurt, I know she kind of wants to go, but lets his blind daughter go off into the woods. There had to have been an alternative. I mean, why didn't he just go? Why didn't he just go? Yeah, he knows what's going on, so he could could come back and not spoil it. And and narratively... Total dick move. Completely agree with you. <laughs> but that, I mean, the ending is so good. The ending is so good. It's so good. Okay, so and also, another question. I just want to make sure I'm clear about this. The only people that know about what's going on are, like, those core group of, like, I don't know, six, seven people. Even the other adults don't know what's Like, I'm confused. Who, who knows what's going on? Who doesn't know what's going on? Right. At some point, they're going to have to talk to their eldest children and right. explain what's going on. Like... <laughs> I so it in my to my mind, there is the group of elders that know, mm-hmm. but th- that's the crazy part. Like you're saying, is because there's a bunch of families that live there. It's right. not just the core six or eight, however many it was. There's more people like that. So they were the six or eight or however many were in the therapy group together, but they had to convince other people also to be like, no, no, no. Come on. <laughs> this is going to be a wild trip. And no, don't... no, no. You don't need TVs or microwaves. That's lame. Come back and churn some butter with us. And it's like, okay. I, mean, I, I don't, I, that, that's kind of why, that's kind of why I love it so much. It's, oh man. I, man. Um, hold on. I got to go through my notes before I just forget stuff. Um, okay. That's fine. Cause I, I realized like, I, I didn't really have too many notes. I had more like broad things. We've already t- talked about most of them. I will say this while, we're, while I'm thinking about it. The movie, I do think I said it before, it's super well made. I didn't know it was shot by Roger Deakins. So right, it looks right. great. It's very like super well made. Like I said, I just still am kind of like kind of cold to it. Although I'm warming up to it, even us talking about it. And the whole like grief idea really opens it up to to be something else. I think people get so focused on the twist. It's like, well, there's still a whole movie here besides the twist. Like, exactly. It, yeah. There's so much. And like you said, I think, I think the MVPs other than Bryce Dallas Howard and William Hurt, other, other than them, I think the MVPs are Roger Deakins, like you said, and James Newton Howard, man, the score. The score is, is really good. So beautiful. Yeah. And so, okay. That's another thing. Do you, do you not get moved by, by at least the one or two tracks that really stand out? I, again, I feel like I, I'm like looking at it almost objectively where I'm going. Like I'm nodding, like yes, yes, it's a good so score. It's like but... a, so it's like a museum piece for you. Yes, exactly. It's like it's like I'm looking at a like a painting, like my mom bought. It's on like the wall of her house. And I just go like, oh, nice painting. Where I'm just like object. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, good. And I'm just kind of look at the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very neutral. It's like I'm walking through the museum and I go, oh, yes, yes. The like, but the movie, it's like the music's good. The cinematography's good. The some most of the acting is good, uh, uh-huh. you know, but I'm just kind of like, OK, and I feel nothing and I move on. But like I said, the, the grief thing does make me feel like a little something. That's the, where way, I'm like, that's the way in for you. That is the way. in. yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, but I still think there's 
one criticism I have, I think there's scenes that go on for like too long mm-hmm. and okay. they're kind of flat. Like, like which one in, does one stand out to you? Yes, I'm thinking of the one where uh, William Hurt is talking to, oh God, what's her name? Um, Bryce Dallas Howard's sister. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Uh, outside. The man in all of this, Katie. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever he says. I don't remember the line. <laughs> and yeah. M. Knight shoots it. I'm calling it like we're friends. M. Knight, my buddy. Uh, like, <laughs> he shoots it so far away. Yes, and he never moves. And I'm like, why? Why? And like their heads, are, they're not turned to the camera. And I'm like, this is going on for a long time. And I'm okay. like, yeah. So I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. That's okay. It, like that scene, there's just some scenes that he... That I wish they were a little more dynamic. I think he's going for like a, a more like old timey feel, or so. I don't know what he's going for. Like it's he wants it to be almost more static. I wish it wasn't right. so. That's that's yeah. fair. The only thing, okay. So allow me to try and okay. <laughs> um, I, because I I don't even know if this is going to um, get a. I don't even know if this is a good example of what I'm going to try and say. What I like about that scene that you're talking about is for some reason <laughs> instead of, instead of it being like a shot reverse shot you know or you know something a little bit more dynamic where we're like following them or anything it really for me it really sells the idea that this is like a this isn't like they're not shooting in front of a false front you know right they right. actually built this village out in this out in this valley in Pennsylvania like mm-hmm. The, uh, <clears throat> outside of Philadelphia or wherever it is. Like, this is a fully constructed little village. And I love movies like this and the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow where you feel like you could go to the set and walk around and it's entirely dressed. Like, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can look around every corner, the ones that aren't even going to be on screen, and you're just in the world. And I don't, I don't know why, but I... For some reason, that little shot, you can see them walk out of the alley and people walking mm-hmm. to and fro. And it just gives me the sense that there really is, we're really in a village here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of it from like a, a, the idea of like a, is it a storytelling purpose? Like we're almost like we're hearing something we're not supposed to hear. Like we're like eavesdropping on a conversation because we're kind of far away from it. Uh, I'm thinking of something I feel like I heard for, uh, like maybe Reservoir Dogs. I'm thinking there's a there's a part where like Tarantino shoots it kind of far away and they're in the, in the doorway mm-hmm. and it almost like someone as a critic or somebody had a commentary where it's like we're the uh, we're the uh, uh, observer and like we're getting like impatient like with the like conversation and we're kind of like waiting for them to do something. I'm I'm telling this completely wrong, but uh, it's just like uh-huh. a. I, I was like, was it a, a, a technical technique to like kind of make us think of something, or was he? I don't know what he was thinking. It's basically what I'm like. Uh, well, there are yeah. there are some shots that are like I don't really know what they're trying to say. You know, like right. it, the scene <laughs> on the porch is so intimate, and right as they start to kiss, we pan to the chair. So you can be like, they want to give them a moment to themselves because. This society is so closed off, but at the same time, you're like, okay, but why are we looking? Why are we looking at your an empty chair? But I <laughs> yeah, mean, it's, yeah. it's so beautiful. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Just the shot is composed so well. But I do think that because this movie is kind of cold, I'm not gonna lie. I love this movie. I feel very emotional watching it. But it is shot very arm's length, you know. 
-hmm. And I think the key to that might be just how many walls everyone has built up around each other because of their grief. Like, like the whole subplot with, with, um, William Hurt not touching Sigourney Weaver. They will not allow themselves certain, um, intimacies. So I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if that scene, a lot of scenes like that are shot so far away and we're not really given, you know, we can hear the inflections in their voice, but we can't see their, you know, we can't see their faces. Yeah. (laughs) So it is almost like fly on the wall kind of. And let me correct the Reservoir Dogs thing because I was completely wrong. It's not Reservoir Dogs. It's Pulp Fiction. It's a scene scene where Jules and Vincent uh, go to the apartment and they get to the door, but they're early. So then they walk down to the hall a little bit and the camera stays where Mm -hmm. it is in front of the door. And somebody said, we as the viewers want them to get back to the door to go in. So we're impatiently watching them like from the doorway as they've walked away and we're like, come back. It's like, we're kind of like, that's why he doesn't move the camera closer to them when they go away to talk. And that's the kind of thing I was trying to think of. So I'm glad to clarify that because I was like, this is not right. What I just said. Okay. No, no. Yeah. I I get what you're saying now. I get what you're saying. So Um, it's like stuff like that where I'm like, why did he choose to do this? And sometimes I'm like, did he even, was there even like a thought process or an emotional or storytelling choice? Or was it just like, I think this will look good, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, there's, I, yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird movie for me. Cause like, it's harder to talk about things when you're kind of, uh, kind of yeah. in the middle, but I, you know, I actually have found a lot to talk about so far. So I've yeah. got a few more things. I've okay. Got- yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to keep this much longer. But, okay. uh, I think it should be illegal. This is a short one. I think it should be illegal for Jesse Eisenberg and Frank Kranz to be in the same movie. <laughs> and I always yeah, forget. I was surprised to see him. I was like, oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, okay. All I right. always forget that they're in this, even though Jesse Eisenberg has the great scene where he's on the stump. Yeah. Very, very tense scene. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, even, God, there's just so much atmosphere. I love movies where everyone has to huddle, a community has to huddle together because they're afraid of something right out in the shadows, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's, so I was going to say, I want a novel of The Village. Oh, that could be good. I think that would be I good. Want, <laughs> I, like John Hurt and Sigourney, or well, John Hurt, William Hurt and Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, like, whatever comes of that. Right, yeah. <laughs> do they ever, do they have an affair? What does that do to the the village itself because they're all trying to escape these sins of the outside world but it's like they can't you know that's the whole idea with utopia is you cannot escape what's inherently human mm-hmm. there's still going to be somebody who murders somebody eventually someone's going to want to have an affair they can't <laughs> you know right and like i i love all these little things with like the traditions that kids have to scare themselves to run out to the stump that shall not be stood on or whatever they call it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, like, I want to know what's going on in the elders' hands or, or what, what's going on in the elders' heads while Noah's out there like in the suit killing animals. Like, what are they thinking is going on? Right. <laughs> I, and, then, yeah. and then I want the sequel novel. I'm jumping ahead. I want the sequel novel. What happens to Kevin knowing about these people just living in this nature preserve where he works. Yeah. I Does he sneak in to try and like see I because I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw this, I I thought Joaquin was gonna die and I thought maybe we still had a full hour left and she's gonna <laughs> fall in love with this 
absolutely beautiful human. It's like George Bailey and then Kevin from the Walker Nature Project. <laughs> like I hadn't really thought about it. I kind of I'm I'm trying to remember what he even looks like. I'm gonna look him up while you're talking. Sorry. He's a guy that I, I yeah I don't really know what else he's been in. I don't mean like beautiful physically. I mean what a gentle soul too. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what a what an absolute. Uh, what a great guy, you know? <laughs> what a great guy, yeah. And, and like, what man. happens with him and, and Ray, his boss, who's played by M. Night Shyamalan? Yes, I was going to ask you what you thought about the M. Night Shyamalan kind of cameo, because it's like... It, it's all exposition, and it's so clunky, and... Yeah, and it's I, like... I, I love it. Yeah, I was thinking, ooh, there's a lot of exposition here. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know why he, again, chooses to shoot this way, where it's like, it's like he wants a cameo, but he doesn't want a cameo. You right. know what I mean? right. <laughs> So it's such a bizarre because like because in your mind, you know, OK, that is someone it, even if you don't know what M. Night Shyamalan sounds right. you're like, that's got to be someone because we're not seeing him for some right. reason. It's like you um, see him in the glass in the reflection for a quick second and you see the back of his head. And I'm like, I know he's a big Hitchcock guy. So I'm because Hitchcock's cameos are always very quick. So I'm assuming he's just trying to think like, I'll do a low key cameo to keep it. <laughs> I'll be cool about then, it. And then he just. Lady in the Water goes the opposite way, which <laughs> you I, I, you may have to get my friend Mazel on to talk about Lady in the Water because he just had the best take on that movie. I was like, I was like, I know it's like a big people who don't like you know ego stroking don't like Lady in the Water because it's it's M Night Shyamalan just being like I'm literally going to save the world with my stories. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. My, my buddy Mazel was like, dude, it's his rap song, and I was like, perfect. Lady in the Water is uh, is is <laughs> is his rap song. It's funny because I've never actually seen the whole movie, but I know a lot about it. I know that it was like based off stories he told to his daughters or something. Yes. And yeah, then, and then it's like yeah, I've heard that take about like it's like oh my stories can save the world. Yes, <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I I have I have like only a few things. Let me see. Okay, um, I don't want to cut you off too early because I know you love this movie. So I'm like, yeah, the well, floor is I, yours. you know, I don't want to keep us here all day, and, and I know I don't. I don't want this podcast to run too long, but um, <laughs> I think we're but, getting close to two hours. I can't really tell because the timing's like off. But I think, uh, yeah, we. I mean, it's fine. You've got like, if you got time here, we don't need to go that fast. But yeah. Um. Okay, so I want to say the the bomb pre pre inception the bomb going into the credits chills. <laughs> one of the best bombs. One of the best. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then, have you have you ever heard about the original ending? No. No, I have not. I'm curious. I don't know say. how much truth there is to this. Actually. Okay. <laughs> um, so now there was a script leak a year early, a year earlier than the movie came out, and um, it was it was leaked online, and there were apparently I wasn't an online person back then. And there were apparently, uh, you know, people spoiling it online. So they actually had to go back and re- reshoot some, uh, like, another ending. Oh, but nice. this seems crazy to me. <laughs> apparently, which makes me wonder if you saw the original ending. <laughs> because the original ending of the movie was Ivy climbing the fence and getting help from a truck driver. And that was the end of it. Wow. What? (laughs) Right. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) No no going back. Um, I guess no, like, 
I don't know. I, I don't really know how everything fits together then because there is some... We do go back to the village a few times when she climbs over the wall. Uh, so I don't really know how that would all fit together. But yeah, the original ending was apparently she just climbs over and there's a random truck driver and and it, it oh, like leaves wow, you I on... Don't like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It leaves you on, oh, it's present day and the... Okay, bye. <laughs> Get out of the theater now. Exactly. Um, yeah, ooh, I don't... Yeah, I don't think I like that. Uh, so I'm glad that... I, now I appreciate the ending more, too. <laughs> like, oh my god not great but i'm um, wondering if they did shoot it with that reveal of like you know maybe close up on her feet or something she walks and you hear gravel or, or, or something right huh um, interesting okay i have no idea um and then there's a great one of the i've kind of fallen off of uh, paying attention to film criticism um <laughs> But there is a there is a critic I, I still really like. His name's Scout Tafoya. He writes for I think RogerEbert.com. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, he's got like a, he does like a series called The Unloved, and it's like a and this will go into the last thing that I want to talk about. He goes okay. into a lot of like a, a a lot of movies that a lot of hills that he would die on. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, he's going back like underseen, underloved, underrated movies, that type of thing. Yeah, right. And I get that. I mean, after you've seen so many movies, I feel like anybody could kind of get on that wavelength. There, there are some movies that, you know, you've gotten past trying to, def- maybe not trying to defend, but you're like, these are. I recognize this isn't a popular movie, but I love it. And so, he did one about the village, and it turns out that he was actually he has a pretty personal connection to it because he was like. He's like in the movie as like an extra. Oh, uh huh. And like spent like a year of his life like living, you know, or work, working on that movie or, you know, working in the movie and whatnot. And so, but he brought up a good point in the video essay where he was like, uh, and so I just want to credit him because I do think something that a lot of people don't like about Shyamalan is there is, he used the term, uncomfortable sincerity mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, 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 I definitely <laughs> see what he's getting at there because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. he's 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 un he's like unashamed to be very very um what's the word um people use it for spielberg a lot um oh oh uh oh man i should know this i just talked to spielberg for like two hours with Lindsay. we talk i feel like he's optimistic it's like it's like a starts with an s it's like it's like chintzy or something it, oh it, saccharin saccharin yeah yeah yes, like it, sweet like it's like you he's over sentimental there yeah yeah overly <laughs> sentimental i feel yes. like but i i love that about him man he's just i like you said uncomfortably uncomfortably sincere and a lot of people it makes them cringe it makes them <laughs> And, you know, this guy was on top of the world. So, of course, everybody just kind of wants to throw him down a peg. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I understand that, but I kind of love that about him. No, about that's, yeah, that's a good thing. And I, it's funny. Another thing, as I get older, I'm okay with more sentimentality. I feel like, especially when you're younger, it's like, oh, I want everything to be like, turn its nose up at everything and be very, like, sarcastic. And people don't have a lot of room for people like really like wearing their hearts on their sleeves and being overly sentimental or overly like right. optimistic. Like that's right. what they get Spielberg for a lot. They're like, Oh, he's too, he's too sweet. They didn't take him seriously for a long time. I feel like, cause it was like, Oh, he's just like 
doing these like soft popcorn stories. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, and I, yeah, I appreciate that more getting older. And that is something about M. Night Shyamalan. It's like, I feel like he's gotten away from that a little bit in the, yeah, like, the new he's wave. Kind of, he's <laughs> kind of like playing to us. He, I guess, I guess society checked him as a whole. <laughs> and so he was like, all right, I'll do the thing. I'll do more of a, something you're expecting. That's, this is why right. I love... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're absolutely right on that. It, have you ever seen a movie called... Have you ever seen Clad Atlas? Uh, Clad Atlas by the, uh, the Wachowskis? I love Clad Atlas. Okay, yes. I thank you. Because I think that movie is so open with its emotions and so like not afraid to be sincere right. and like that's the first thing i thought of when you said like oh people and people bagged on cloud atlas for mm-hmm. you know i think being too optimistic i guess i just don't get people it, everyone's so shitty dude. it's like you know yeah, everybody and, but... and i recognize it in myself i i get in i get in you know patches where i'm very cynical very and you know you look at something you look at something like cloud atlas and you're like there's something behind it you know they're right. <laughs> they're they're either they're either naive or there, you know, there's, there's something sinister at work here, <laughs> but, <Right>. but like, <laughs> but no, sometimes a thing is just trying to give you a hug, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just accept the hug. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, exactly. I think it, internet culture, social media, like really breeds like just easy negativity. Cause it's so much easier to write. Like, oh, yeah. um, we thought before we even started or just people on letterbox who will, if you like a movie, they'll come in and go, this movie sucks. You're an idiot. And it's like, well, why, yeah. why did you do that? And yeah. you know, yeah. it's just so easy to be shitty and negative. And I get cynical too. And I can be very sarcastic with things like I can, uh-huh. but you know, I, I, I'm fine. I'm getting better with, uh, I, I really enjoy movies that are more sentimental these days. So me too. Me too. I, yeah. you know, I kind of, like I said, I kind of go in phases, but at the end of the day, I'll always like something that's, unself-conscious about itself you know it's it's re- it's refreshing because so many pretty much every movie you know back whenever we'd go to the theaters every week every movie you would see was so ironic everything was so yeah. jokey and, yes. you know, that's got its place but it gets a little tiresome after a while um you know yeah yeah, I think that's a very good point. <laughs> but um, the, I guess the last thing I want to say on the subject, and I guess I probably should have led with this, because a big reason, because um, <clears throat> you reached out to me, or maybe I reached out to you, and there was a list of possibilities that we were going to mm-hmm. talk about. And The Village was one, I feel like with Old coming out later this year, if it's good... There might be some critical reappraisals <laughs> being uh-huh. thrown around where everybody starts coming out of the woodwork and being like, I always loved blank. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to, like, there is nothing wrong with critical appraisals. I reappraise how I feel about movies every day because I'm a different person every day in some ways. But I don't know. With certain movies, I know we talked about this off air a little bit. With certain movies, it does make me feel a little... It, it's stupid because it's self <laughs> But yeah, it's like uh-huh. some movies I've had to defend for so long uh, and people told me I was wrong or stupid for liking them. So a way to like kind of... And again, none of this matters. It's just movies. But like... <laughs> but a little... Like, it, it did feel a little nice to like know that it was... Have a little bit of ownership over certain movies. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I, and not really, I didn't I didn't make the movies, but like <laughs> I will be sad when in a few years 
everybody starts saying, oh, I always love scary stories to tell in the dark. And I was like, <laughs> you didn't? I was, the only, I was the only one getting bullied online. No, I'm kidding. But I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of... Uh, I, there's only a few movies that I'm... I, I, I'm not even legitimately worried about it. It would just kind of annoy me <laughs> if it happened. And this would be one of them, I think. That's Anything the, else on the, on the village before we wrap up? No, I've got nothing else on the village. Well, I, I am glad you love this movie. I, I think I like it more since we started talking about it. So that's good. <laughs> I think I like it less. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> had to balance. Uh, had to balance out. No, no. I um, I'm glad. I'm glad if this had any positive effect on you or anybody listening. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I think you might have uh, got to people to rewatch it here. I'm sure people have not bothered with it since it came out or years. You know, so. Um, I was glad I rewatched it. Honestly, I was like, oh, it's good to revisit. And I think I'll like it more, um, you know, going forward. So, but if we... anyone doesn't like it, don't bother leaving a negative review because it'll be too painful and we cannot bear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was a good ending. Uh, so, <laughs> but, uh, yes, man, thank you again. This was a lot of fun talking to you finally getting to actually speak to you. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, this is, this has been, this has been a lot of fun. Um, and I, now I do feel like I'm contractually obligated to plug uh, another podcast that I'm on. Oh, I was gonna, that's why I asked if you want to plug anything, your social media or podcast. Go go for it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, social media wise, uh, we talked about this off off air a little bit. I am you can only find me on Instagram or Letterboxed at Hayden Comes Alive is the name on both of them. Um, uh, you're not gonna find me on Twitter because I'm not on there. And hopefully never will have to be. But uh, but um, let me see. What what else is there to plug? I'm published in a. I've got some horror stories published in a in a in about ten different uh, short story anthologies, which I have information on that uh, on Instagram. Um, okay, and then this. I I am the co-host of a podcast. I I should say I should say it's my friend's podcast, but. I'm I, I am there and uh, I'm the funny one. So um, <laughs> uh, it's called uh-huh. Racing to the Middle. It's a Nicolas Cage podcast where we're watching oh my god every Nicolas Cage movie and uh, <laughs> or it's like we go back and forth on the highest rated to the lowest rated and back oh, and forth okay until we get to the middle and we've got about twenty episodes up right now. Um, uh, so racing to the middle, you can find it anywhere there are, you know, where you listen to podcasts. And I occasionally guest on my friend Jenna Jr.'s horror podcast, uh, Screen Service. Okay. And uh, she's really funny. So if you like really funny ladies talking about horror with the occasional guest appearance by my stupid ass, then you can uh, go. <laughs> I got to check these out, especially that Nick Cage podcast, because you I, gotta if I missed it. what you think, because every okay. week I consider quitting. <laughs> Listen, I really like Nicolas Cage. I'm getting to the point now where I feel like I would watch almost any movie he's in. But if you are going from, like, the worst of the worst, then it might be tough. I like Nicolas Cage, but uh, I only have so much patience. (laughs) I love him. Listen, if you're doing that much, it might be like... It might be like if you ate pizza every night for like a month where you're like, I love pizza, but Jesus Christ, I got to oh, I got to do something. Else. There has never been a better there's never been a better uh, metaphor. It is it is <laughs> Nicolas Cage's pizza every night. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, I love him, but I don't know if I'd want to watch any actor like that much. Oh, back in it. Like I, he's made, listen, I usually find him interesting, but I know he's been in some very bad movies that aren't very interesting. So that might be tough too, because those are the yeah. worst. Yeah. Those are the worst. Cause I'm looking forward to the, to the middle of the road stuff, like season of the witch and everything. I forgot like about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never saw it. I'm really interested in it now, but there's so many like, low-grade action thrillers he's in that i'm like oh right and then i'm more i'm more dreading like the dramas because right now i'm just not in a drama headspace and i mean we did we already did leaving las vegas and when we did it i'm like what do i have to say about this other than it's incredibly depressing i need to see that but i've avoided because i've heard it's incredibly depressing (laughs) oh man it is it's like this whole podcast came up i I, I have I have no shame in saying this because I make fun of, I make fun of it on the podcast itself. <laughs> My friend Clay, who is the host of the podcast, he he definitely took advantage of me. I was uh, I was inebriated one night, and he made me uh, he made me uh, accept his invitation to co-host this podcast. So um, I am like. I am like uh, in misery, and so you can laugh at my misery. <laughs> All right, I might check it out. I uh, actually, I think I will check it out because I really want to. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear how this goes. <laughs> like, uh, this is no might about it. I'm going to go and see this now because I there's been so many Nick Cage movies that have popped up on like Tubi or like Amazon Prime where I'm like, that sounds kind of generic, but it's got Nick Cage. Maybe well, I'll check. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to say, well. Uh, We'll eventually get to all of them. So. Okay, okay. We can, we can talk a little more when we all we'll, wrap up here. But uh, So, yeah, check check Hate out all those places. Um, I enjoy following you, on, on especially Letterboxd. You write great reviews. I enjoy it, like your takes on stuff. Um, and uh, I think you've helped bring the village up a little bit here. I think you've done a good job here. So. I, I, I know it was probably a little bit scatterbrained, uh, but I'm, I'm glad. If I convince one person to rewatch it, and bump that two and a half up to a three. <laughs> I'm not happy. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you did. Um, so anyway, I'll tell people the usual places to follow us. It's uh, um, follow me on Twitter at MattBlade87. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at FilmFeastPod. Uh, you can follow me and the podcast uh, on Instagram, FilmFeast, all one month. Hey, and thank you again. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>